coming up on the Smitty and Mitty show this week. We'll be joined by Freddie Wallace from Owen Sound to talk about his retirement and what memories he has from the Owen Sound attack. All that and more starts now here on the Smitty and Mitty show. And now... Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? Start your engines! 90% of the time, I have no idea what I'm talking about. Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. The show that's got everyone saying... You're so dumb, for real. With Smitty. What you just said is one of the most idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. And Mitty. I've been in this business 15 years. What's your name? you. That's my name. This is the Smitty Mini Show. Oh, I'm going. Yeah, this is how a show works. Welcome inside the Smitty and Mitty Show studios. Tyler Middleton, Noah Smith here with you for the next hour. Just under an hour. Approximately an hour. Of some it's an hour. It's an hour of airtime. Is it? Yeah. But we don't talk for an hour. No, we don't talk for an we hour. We talk for like sponsors. You get like gotta get their words minutes. in, and you know, yada yada yada. You know, technicalities, legalities. We yeah. talk for about fifty minutes of the hour. Your next hour, you will hear us, and you will hear our guests for about fifty minutes of that. But that, those sponsors: Dave Middleton, Sunlight Financial, Life is Brighter, Under the Sun, Gold Line Curling, The Choice of Champions. I'm back in studio. This is the first time. Like we we actually had to go back and look at it. You thought it was last week. I thought it was been about a year and a half. Last week. So we figured out where it was in the middle. And I haven't been here for what, three months? Two. Two months for fun. I don't yeah. know how far how far is August back. I don't know. Uh, two it's been about two months. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, a little over two months. That's a good amount of time. And before that I wasn't here for the whole time my wife was in the hospital, so like that was eleven weeks before that. Yeah, I think it works out to be like seven episodes worth. So like seven weeks. It's been since you've been in studio. It feels good. It feels more natural when I'm sitting here looking at you. Uh, as you can tell, I've rearranged a little bit here. I've moved my microphone over to my workstation and well, kept one over at the desk. They can't tell. Well, they can't tell. I said you. As you, you, Mr. Middleton, but that's not how tell. good radio works. Okay, you, yeah. you don't do well, visuals. Well, I don't know if you've realized over the last three years, we don't do good radio. Yeah, but we should strive to do better radio. Well, we, we have constantly called ourselves mediocre sports talk, so why should I strive for more than mediocre? But didn't we do that? as a juxtaposition to us getting better? Like, shouldn't we strive to get better? I just want to get juxtaposition in there. I don't think it worked with the sentence. No, I don't. I don't you're just kind of throwing words yeah. in here. Yeah, I just wanted to get a smart word in there. Paleontology. <laughs> what? That doesn't even make sense. study of rocks, right? Uh, yeah, or like dinosaurs or something. Dinosaurs and rocks. Yeah, okay. Anyways, welcome back to the studio. It's good to see you. Yeah, it's good to be sitting beside you. It has been a while. It has Dogs been a while. Excited. Dogs are excited to see you. Uh, dad, not so much, but like, that's fine. I'm not used to it, Rick. So I walk in and the, the youngest brother's eating Subway and, <laughs> and Rick's up there mixing pasta in a, in, in a microwave Macalena's bowl. And it was very clear that mom was not around today <laughs> to make dinner. First of all, it wasn't Michelinas. That's Olive Garden pasta up there. Oh, yeah. left, a little leftover. Yeah. Yeah. Mom was actually in the States on Saturday. So picked up the Olive Garden pasta, froze it. Now the boys get to eat good on a Thursday night. That's all I'm saying. Why? Where, where Debbie you go to? To the, to the Olive Garden. Well, she went to the Olive Garden tonight to go pick you up more pasta? No, no, no. Apparently the Olive Garden now has take-home frozen meals. Whoa. So, like, you just take it home, eat it, heat it that's, up when you're ready. Ah, that's one of the most American things I've ever heard. It was delicious. Do you, do no you complaints. Get, do, you have, do you not have enough food? Here, take some more food home. America. Yeah. You want some more? All-you-can-eat pasta? Here's an extra dish. Yeah. 
just to hold you off in case you get hungry on the way home. What is the best restaurant in the States that, that we don't have in Canada? That we don't have in Canada? Yeah. I don't know. It's been a while. You know, the last time I've been to the States and ate in a restaurant, like a chain restaurant, it's probably been like six or seven years, if not longer. Like I went across the border to Port Huron, but we just ate at a nice little restaurant, like a, a one-off restaurant in town. I don't know. Like, I think Olive Garden's up there on, on the list for me. It's not great, but we don't have it here anymore. And it's like, you kind of know what you're going to get. That's why I like. I like consistency. Mm. Okay. Why? What's your answer? Steak and Shake by, by far. Steak okay. and Shake's delicious. Also, uh, oh, shoot. Now I, can't. I always liked Culver's, too. Well, what's the restaurant where you walk in and, and they got that game where you hop pegs over other pegs? And you, well, you have to walk in through the gift shop. Cracker Barrel? Thank you. That's is, that, it. is that the one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Delicious. Yeah. Delicious. There, you go in and you just get some biscuits and gravy. Ooh. Yeah, Cracker Barrels are good. Yeah. I always liked those. What was the other? There's another place like that. It's kind of like, a, it's supposed to be like home-cooked meals. I forget the name of it. Good mm-hmm. restaurants. Ate there a lot. You, you gave me nothing to work on there. Like no. nothing to work off of. You just said restaurant with food. Think like, That's uh, most restaurants. Think, no, think like a, like a home-cooked meal, like... Okay. I want to call it like Mom, Mama, Mama Browns, but it's not Mama Browns. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I want to call it like Red Barn, but it's not Red Barn. Right. All right. I'm going to look it up. Okay. Talk. Talk Bob, some words. I, I would figure you like Bob, Bob Evans. Bob Evans, maybe? Maybe. I think you yeah. like a Bob Evans. Yeah, That's a lot of food. Yeah, I kind of like A lot of people Evans. coughing in your food there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm also cheap, so. Mm-hmm. So you can you eat gotta, as much you, as you want. Yeah, you got to keep when that in mind. When we go to those places, like we went... Right? Like, um, I wouldn't throw the words Golden Corral into a good food conversation. But if I'm walking in there and for nine bucks or whatever it is, I'm eating whatever I want in sight. Hmm. Can't go wrong. I'll take the bathroom breaks later in the day for $9 worth of all I can eat food. Right? That like, that's, the, a, yeah. that's a fairly good trade-off. That was the, the one time we actually got Kara out of the hospital and got to go eat at a restaurant. We went to um, the Mandarin. And boy, if you want to see me eat, you take me somewhere where the more I eat, the less I had to pay. Because I get my bang for the buck. I, I must have been eight plates deep. I don't know if I could do that anymore. Like, I can't. I, I Buffets and, like, all you can it's eat It's easy buffets. with Chinese food. Chinese food's easy. It's, yeah. It's not, it's not heavy, right? Like, even if you eat a, bu- a big That's plate of thing, rice. right? Like, I went up there and I had, like, one realistically small size plate of pasta. And, like, I'm good. Like, mm-hmm. I don't really need anything else. Mm-hmm. I know you can't tell by looking at me. Mm-hmm. But I I'm, I call myself a grazer, right? Like, I just eat constantly throughout the day. Just little bit amounts, right? right? Like I could probably have three or four lunches if you let me throughout the course of my eight-hour shift. Okay. Two breakfasts before, a couple dinners tonight, but like they're not going to be big meals, right? Just constantly, you're just like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I just yeah. think if you put four lunches together, that's just one big lunch. No matter how long a time. You yeah, it's just there. one big lunch, but four different like lunches. If you, if you have six pog roasts throughout the day, you didn't just have six little dinners. Yeah, know? but I'm not talking. I'm talking like a six inch sub here, and then a McDouble there. So and then... four six inch subs. So you're eating two foot longs <laughs> for lunch. For lunch, which is crazy. Which is crazy. I swear. Lettuce, I swear. I, on I there. swear. I don't eat a whole lot. I just graze. Mm. I've had six foot longs today. For breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Steak you, and bacon for breakfast. You, do you mix up the footlongs or? No, it's cold cuts all day. I did their steak and egg ones. This steak and egg's not bad. No. It's not good. Their egg is not. No. It's it's not sorry, egg. Subway. Yeah. They're never going to sponsor us now. You need to work on your egg game. Mm-hmm. It's just not there. Uh, I need a freshly cracked egg. Yeah. need a freshly cracked egg. All right. Smitty Mitty's show. We didn't mention. Coming up a little bit later on in the show, you were unable to join me for the interview, but we'll play it in the second segment of our show. Freddie Wallace is going to join me. Uh, big congratulations to Freddie on his retirement. Well, retirement from full-time morning work. 
anyone who knows Freddie knows that he's not done working. Uh, but congratulations to Freddie. I'll talk to him in the second segment of the show. Breaks my heart. Absolutely breaks my heart that I had to miss Freddie and, and miss his his farewell um, parade. Uh, amazing. for I didn't think we'd see the day. My mom texted me the day that we found out Freddie was retiring or at least semi-retiring. And she said, I, I never thought I'd see the day. I thought he would just be in that studio until the time that he peeled over. So Freddie Wallace, um, he deserves it. I mean, that guy has been all over on sound. He, he is the... One of the, the the bigger voices in the OHL, not just Nolan Sound. Everyone, no matter where you go, everybody knows Freddie Wallace and respects Freddie Wallace. So I'm I'm actually sad I I, I missed Freddie, and uh, I hope your conversation went well. We you got some conversation OHL attack and maybe a little bit of it. What can the people expect? Exactly. Yeah, we're gonna talk some OHL, talk some uh, some Owen Sound attack. We'll go down the memory lane a little bit, talk about some of his memories with the uh, the Owen Sound players, Owen Sound attack franchise. Um, and then we'll get into a little bit of the current day OHL as well. So that's what's coming up in the second segment of the show. I think a little bit later on, we've got planned. We're going to talk some MLB playoffs, um, some football. NHL, college football, mix in a little bit of everything, maybe some NFL. Uh, but we do have like what three, four minutes left here in the first segment. Can we? Can, can I let yeah. the people behind the doors a little bit too? Okay, yeah, a the doors bit, open. A little peek behind the curtain. Doors where, open. Where Doctor Oz is, I think. So a couple weeks ago. You got a text that you could have went and joined one of the OHL broadcasts with the Owen Sound. Oh, no, yeah. I'm a little bummed you brought that back up, to be honest with you. It's like opening up a wound. Well, tell the people. Oh, yeah, well. Because that... it would have been, I think a lot of the Smitty Mitty fans in the Owen Sound area would have enjoyed the color stylings of Mr. Noah Smith. Because you are. Yeah, there's nothing, I, listen, nothing says great color analysts like being colorblind, <laughs> right? You don't you have know? to actually <laughs> see color. It's a. You're not just yelling red. No, blue, tell me green. what colors they are. Oh, I couldn't tell you. Yeah, good. Couldn't tell you. Or left or right. The uh... yeah, no. Well, I got a text on Friday, two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Hermes up at CFOS, uh, where this, where we're one of our network stations, uh, sent me a text and said, "Hey, listen, I'm down a guy Friday night, uh, attacker at the odd in Kitchener, and any the color guys to go to. Right? Have you ever been and to the I was, odd? I I haven't been to the odd." And wow. it's on my list of places I want to get to. Wow, this is heartbreaking. And yeah, you're telling me. You're telling me. And of course, that Friday, I'm at my sister-in-law's wedding. Right. Literally anything it's else. The I, I and I was like, this sucks because there is like this is the only thing on my schedule all year where I can't really cancel. Now, do you put Same your next, wedding in that? No, that's next year. Okay. That's next year. Okay. Right. And my brother's wedding was in August, so there's no OHL hockey going on in August. But like. I was like, really? This sucks. This sucks. So hopefully I'll get another opportunity. We'll see. Name's in the hat. He's got my number. So we'll see where it goes in the future. But yeah, the odd would have been a it would have been a great place yeah. to go. I don't get to uh I don't get to praise you very often, but you are very good at, at doing the play by play, at least for what I've heard. And you tend to not uh, belittle the referees, which I love too. Yeah, well that's good, right? I can't belittle the referee when I gotta come and sit with you for the show for the next yeah. week. So if you were to get a text saying I got, I got a couple questions. A text saying, yeah. going on the East Coast swing, we want you to come for the weekend. Three games, three days, you're going through, um, whatever, Ottawa, Kingston, something else. Ottawa, Kingston. I think they usually do like Ottawa, Kingston, and then like, Niagara, maybe, I don't know. Something like that on the way home. Uh, yeah, they'll hit like Barry on the way out there or something, but I hear what you're saying. Are you going for the weekend? If I can get the time off work, yeah. Hmm. My work's got to let me, right? Like right. I can't. No, you call I can't lose you my job to days. call three OHL games. You get sick I got days. sick days. I got like still some vacation time left. Yeah. My boss is also pretty chill. Right. So right. if I explain the situation. My yeah. other question was, what would be your ideal text? Hey, we're going to this rink. 
Because you've called you've called it at, at Budweiser. I've called game at the Bud. And please tell me it's the odd. It, it, honestly, man, <laughs> I, 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 that's the part that sucks. If I'm picking a top three, the odds in there, and it's probably like it's probably number one. Uh, another one on the list, new this year. I'd like to get out and see the renovated Brantford Civic Center. Mm. Uh, we should go for a trip one day because I do want to see. It. It's not that far. From oh, that's what's it? God, it's like forty-five to an really? hour. Right? Yeah. Well, from depends how fast you drive. Mm. We should go it's like for, an hour. It's we like an hour for a game because I want to see what they did to the ring. I actually had a conversation with somebody today about that. They wanted to know why the Bulldogs moved out of Mississauga or out of uh, Hamilton, and they asked me, and I, I couldn't quite remember how long they signed on for. But they are building a new rink there too, right? Uh, where Hamilton? No, in uh, in Brantford. Maybe, oh. maybe right. So they moved out. Uh, basically, the city of Hamilton and whoever's running the rink was like, "Hey, we're doing renovations. It's going to take three yeah. years. Get out, right? Get off the pot." And they're like, "All right, we're going to Hamilton for three years." I think the like the fine print of the deal says that um, they have the option to stay, um, but if for whatever reason the Bulldogs leave Brantford after three years, then the Bulldogs have to pay the city of Brantford for like eight million dollars of the renovations that were done, right? So like they almost like reimburse them. They're like, "Hey, so worry, we're leaving after three years. Here's a few million bucks." And this so, drove me crazy. Where were the Bulldogs before? They were in Hamilton. No, or like where they, were they before Hamilton? Yeah. They were the Belleville Bulls. Okay. Right? So the Hamilton right. Bulldogs were an AHL team who moved out east, St. John's, maybe? I thought they went to, yeah. Um, oh, okay. so I thought they went to Quebec somewhere. Uh, maybe. To Laval? Yeah, I think Laval they went Rocket. to Laval. Wherever they did, they moved, AHL moved to AHL, left the void because in they Hamilton. Because were, they, were the, they were the Canadian. They were the Canadian. Yeah, team, left right? a so void, left the void in Hamilton. Uh Michael Andlauer, Senator's new owner, moved the team from Belleville to Hamilton, and now Hamilton to Brantford. And to be honest with you, there's a whole mess going on in Brantford to the rink right now. I don't know if they'll get them back. I really don't know. Into Hamilton? I wouldn't. I don't know. That was my conversation with the worker today. Is I, I don't know when you were kicked out in such short notice. And this, I mean, uh, the reports where they did I pay quite a bit of money to get that you know, the ring kind of built up to the way it was and that was put on the team partially and blah, 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 blah. Or at least that the city was putting that money in and they would have to reimburse them if they left, all that. Um, but, I mean, they opened them with welcome, with, with you know, with open arms. And from what the videos I've seen, it looks like it's, it's going pretty well. Yeah. So No, it certainly looks like a cool ring. It, it, any, anyways, it would be on my list. Top three, probably Brantford. The odds, number one, which makes it suck even more it's that hilarious. I didn't get the chance. Uh, and probably somewhere up north. I'd like to go see, like, North Bay. Like, the Memorial Gardens in North Bay. Um, just because I'd also like to go up there, right? I've never been up that Why? far. Exactly. That's a weird question. And a great answer. Why? I think other Why? way around. Great no, no. question, weird Great answer. question, weird answer. Yeah. The, the answer is why. I don't know. Can't give you an answer for I've it. been up to Sudbury, and, and there, you know what there is to see in Sudbury? This a, time of year, I feel like it'd be all right. right? They, they got a big nickel. Before the snow flies? Mm, I love me love me a big nickel. That's it. That's literally all there is in Sudbury. That's all I need. That's all I need. All right, we got to hit a break. Freddie Wallace is going to come up on the other side. We'll talk some Owen Sound attack, uh, Owen Sound platers, and a little trip down memory road as Freddie Wallace announced his retirement from full-time radio work. You're listening to the Smitty and Mitty Show here across the TSMS radio network. Another curling season is upon us. Whether you're a beginner, a pro, or somewhere in between, having the proper equipment makes all the difference. Shoes, brooms, jackets, pants, gloves for men, women, and children. Whatever you're looking for, you'll find it at goldlinecurling.com. Goldline, the choice of champions. Even though I'd just gotten a new job that paid well, I still wanted to be prepared for the unexpected. My Sun Life advisor encouraged me to do three things. 
get health coverage, start paying back debt, and build a safety net. When I got my cancer diagnosis, my advisor had already helped me become debt-free with enough set aside for emergencies. When I took time off, I didn't worry about my finances so I could focus on getting better. Today, I'm in remission. Call Middleton Finner Financial Services with offices in King Carden and Port Elgin. You're listening to The Smitty and Mitty Show. Welcome back to the Smitty and Mitty Show here across the TSMS radio network, as well as on Rogers TV in London and Gray Bruce. Joining me now, the former voice of the Owen Sound Attack and recent retiree, Freddie Wallace. Freddie, welcome back to the show. Good to see you again. Well, thank you. And uh, good talking to, to you, Noah. I know Tyler's away, and I know that this is a very special time with uh, baseball upon us. Certainly is. Uh, postseason baseball has been keeping us busy here on the show. Um, just watching that, keeping up to date on that. Uh, obviously, OHL hockey, NHL hockey now in full swing. So uh, it is an exciting time of year. Uh, big news for you over the last couple of months, announcing your retirement from uh, the morning show and full-time radio on CFOS in Owen Sound. First of all, Freddie, uh, congratulations. I imagine you're keeping yourself busy with lots of other things. Yeah, there, there's lots of things to do, both both otherwise and radio-wise. Uh, it's a semi-retirement, Noah, so I, I will say this, that uh, at Bayshore Broadcasting, they have things for me to do periodically, and uh, in the community, they keep coming up with new and inventive things to, to keep me working, and uh, you know, maybe it's the MP's uh, gala dinner, maybe it's the RCMP horse show that the Rotary Club put on. There, there's all kinds of things taking place in Owen Sound, and, and uh, happy to be a part of it. Now, obviously, no more morning shows, no more super early mornings for you. Did you get to sleep in, Fred, or were you up and at them ready to go, just like just like business as usual? No, no, I, I slept in this morning till 5.30, so uh, I'm sleeping much, much later. And that, that was the biggest factor. When when people ask, you know, they, they hear me on the radio or see me at a function, they say, I thought you retired. Well, what I retired from, essentially, was the alarm clock. You know, if, if I could find a way to, to do what I was doing and, and not get up at that hour of the morning, I, I probably still would be doing it. Well, we're glad you're still involved in the community. I know you can push away everything all at once. Uh, but an illustrious career, and I know you don't like to talk about it too much, but um, let's go back to when you started and getting into radio and getting to Owen Sound. You're a Midland native uh, and moving to Owen Sound. People there, they know you. You're friendly. Uh, you talk to just about everybody. But when you first got started, uh, what was it like getting on the airwaves at CFOS back in, what was it, 1988? Uh, 84 was when I came over. So I, I'm a Ryerson grad and I graduated in um, April of 1982. And by July of that year, I had my first job at my hometown station, CKMP. And I was there for a little more than two and a half years. And, and that was a great landing spot or a launching spot. No one. And I think the unfortunate thing looking back now, 40 years later, is that that station doesn't exist, nor does the shift that I started on. So I, I think that if there, you know, somebody of my age was looking to get started again, that's that position doesn't exist, and, and that would be unfortunate. I uh, came to Owen Sound uh, around Christmas of 1984, and I've been here ever since uh, as a disc jockey until 1988. And then in May of 1988, I moved into sports and have been in the newsroom ever since and, and been a part of the, the morning show on CFOS also pretty much since that time. Well, 1988 is when you mentioned you took over the sports role. It didn't take long for the biggest sports show in town to come in. Uh, and that was in 1989, correct, with the Owen Sound Platers. Tell us a little bit about when the Platers came to town, because I can only imagine, Freddie, the excitement uh, of getting an OHL team, a, a junior A team back in the city of Owen Sound. 
Well, you're right. And there was a real back and forth with it in that the Kingston Raiders were supposed to come to Owen Sound. Uh, in fact, they had a, a sequence of meetings with the owner, uh, Lou Kozowski, and city officials, and everything was all set to go. And for whatever reason, in early April, the Board of Governors shot it down and more or less forced Lou Kozowski to sell the new partners in Kingston, and they became the Frontenacs. And, and Owen Sound didn't have a team. Uh, but about uh, a month later, uh, the rumors started to whisper that the Guelph Platers were on the move. The Platers had a, a connection to Owen Sound with the Grays. The Grays were their Tier 2 affiliate when Owen Sound was a Tier 2 team. And uh, also from a Junior B standpoint, I think they were affiliated with the Platers. And uh, Joe and Rob Holiday made the move in, in June of 1989 officially to come to Owen Sound. So there were there were some funny happenstances in there. But you're right, when when it came... I think there was a level of excitement, and I think once you saw that that uh, that uh, come to fruition or come to reality, I think the excitement really grew. And that that first year was was just short of fabulous. They had a seven game series with the Sudbury Wolves, and and suddenly there was a whole new product and a whole new uh, brand of hockey. Not to say that uh, Gray's hockey was was poor, but this was certainly a different level. A different level and coming into the city of Owen Sound, you were right there for all of it from the beginning. Um, and over 30 years behind the mic, you got to see lots of fantastic moments. Those those kind of first 10, 11 years of platers before they changed to attack. What would be that number one memory? Would it be that opening night to kick things off in 89? Or, or is there another well, I... memory with the platers that, that really stands out to you? Yeah, you know, when, when you go through the years, and, and probably anybody in any hockey market, OHL or otherwise, will tell you that every year gives you something. And so so not so much the first game. In fact, uh, I, I would suggest when you look at the video, the attendance for the opening game against the Kitchener Rangers was, was lukewarm at best. But what I remember best from that first year was the series with Sudbury. And the Wolves were up three games to one. Owen Sound managed to stay alive by winning Game five at Sudbury. They came back to Owen Sound, and game six was a terrific game, a, a 3 2 game with lots of excitement and lots of energy. And game seven was the next night. They actually played games five, six, and seven on a Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. So you're at Sudbury on Monday, back at Owen Sound, Tuesday, back at Owen uh, Sudbury on the Sunday. So you, you certainly knew you know, Highway 69 or, or 103 or whatever it was called in the day. And then game seven was won by Jeff Perry in overtime four to three so i i think that was my my first great memory and and in fairness to the platers they provided many as the years unfolded many memories for the platers and of course a lot of platers players that i'm sure uh you got to watch years go by um and you got to see them move on to the next level who who freddie in your opinion is like the most recognizable owen sound plater from the 11 years that the owen sound franchise was called the platers that's a very tough question. Um, the answer might be Kirk Mulpey. He went on to win four Stanley Cups, was a 50-goal scorer. Uh, the year that he got his 50th goal, he got it on the, the last night of the regular season at Kitchener. In fact, scored twice that night, 49 and 50. And I'll tell you, Noah, that, that number 49 was, was as good a goal as you'll ever see an individual perform. Uh, I think another name that I would throw into that would be Andrew Brunette. Uh, Andrew had a 47-game point streak. He had 162 points in his last year in junior in 92-93. 
Uh, he wasn't given much of an opportunity to be a professional. And then he went on to play a thousand, a thousand games. So that would be an answer. And then, then I think also into that uh, for a certain brand of, of Plater fan, you would throw Dan Snyder into that. Um, just the way that he was a leader, certainly in the two years that he was captain. And, and what I remember best about Dan Snyder is that there was a, a stretch where Owen Sound maybe won two out of 10 games, but in six of those 10 games, he was one of the stars of the game. So even though the team wasn't winning, uh, his efforts, his performance uh, really was the mark of a true leader. Things weren't good, but he was leading. So so those those are three. Jamie Storr, you would throw into that. Ryan Christie gave you lots of great moments. So I, I don't know that I, I can answer your question totally. So we'll, we'll start with Kirk Maltby and say that. Certainly some big names in there as well. It, it makes you, it kind of surprises you sometimes if you're not someone who followed the OHL. Um, certainly a lot of our listeners, a lot of our viewers who aren't, aren't from the Owen Sound region, uh, you throw that name out there and they're going to be like, oh, really, an Owen Sound? Uh, and it, it just kind of surprises you. goes to show you, you never know what kind of talent, uh, even today in, in this generation, who's going to roll through the rink in Junior A, OHL hockey, who you're going to get to see and what kind of futures they might have. Yeah, and you're right, Noah, and I, I think Owen Sound would say that they have been very, very lucky through the years. Wayne Primo played here. You know, another interesting uh, aspect of, of Owen Sound hockey is that some of our most successful alumni were undrafted. Uh, Sean Avery, for one, wasn't drafted. Curtis Sanford, who's an Owen Sound native, wasn't drafted. Had a great career in goal in the NHL and, and in the KHL. Uh, Joel Ward had a fabulous career. He uh, he wasn't drafted out of Owen Sound. Went off to play university and then had a had a terrific career. Um, there's somebody else in there as well. Dan Snyder, you know, wasn't drafted and uh, up until unfortunately his passing uh, in that in that horrific accident. Uh, I, I think that he was a remarkable story that nobody drafted him, but there he was playing for the Colorado Avalanche and the Atlanta Thrashers. For, pardon me, played for Atlanta. I, I, I said Colorado because what I remember Dan most about is that there was a, a game against Colorado and he wanted to do at least once in the game was have a face-off against Joe Sackett because Joe was his idol. So, so right. Well, in 2000, the Owen Sound Platers made the move to the Owen Sound attack and uh, certainly a move that uh, has gone down in history. What was it like around the city when the Platers were switched to attack? In my opinion, Freddie, you you kind of you put past a little bit of your history. Um, the connection with Guelph obviously is going to be there, but now it's own own sounds own thing when you switch to the attack in two thousand. Yeah, what I remember most about that time was how bleak it was for better part of uh, twenty four to forty eight hours. There was a there was an emergency meeting at City Hall on the Thursday night, and council had to decide yes or no would they match the offer for the team to move, and the answer was no. So as of the Friday, they were leaving. Uh, that day at about noon, it came to my attention that there was a, a groundswell movement by essentially the Plater fan club. And to that fan club's credit, they got on the phones for three days, and and if I'm not mistaken, generated. Uh, commitments for $700,000 and and suddenly the team was saved by by the Monday or, or days after but you know it was really really bleak that Thursday night in, into Friday and I remember that very very well. Now the Owen Sound attack memories you could probably list them off and, and think about some of the greatest ones you've had but I want to know where that 2010-2011 season ranks for you uh, as a broadcaster, as a fan, as someone in the media. Uh, it's what dreams are made of, right? The game seven goal call with Maidens uh, finishing it off in Mississauga. 
is that at the top of Fred Wallace's rankings, all time memories in Owen Sound? No, it's not even close. You know, I, I, I should be so lucky or anybody should be so lucky to have it unfold the way it did. Uh, you know, that moment was a tremendous moment. That game seven was a tremendous game seven. That series with Mississauga St. Mike's was a, was a great series back and forth that playoff run that season there, there was so much involved there. So, you know, it, it really was a terrific year and it, it climaxed with that goal by Jared Maidens. And I think from a broadcast standpoint, from a fan standpoint, you couldn't get any better than that. Now, a lot of times, 30-plus years behind the mic is the play-by-play voice for the Owen Sound attack, um, and, and we talked about the memories, but what do you kind of leave behind? Obviously, uh, the next generation of attack broadcasters, but what's the advice for the people moving forward to to live out a career as long as you have calling OHL games? I would say have fun uh, and and be fair. You know, I, I see too many times where, you know, no, nobody ever had any trouble uh, determining which team I was the broadcaster for. But there are too many that take it way, way too far. So and I, I think the broadcasts now are in very good hands with Matt Hermes. Uh, Matt wants to do it. He's committed to do it. Uh, his research is, is terrific. And, and Matt's a, a very, very fair guy and, and is doing a, a terrific job with it. And, and same with Mark McKelvey, who helps out uh, periodically. And Mark is, is, you know, probably deserves to be on a bigger broadcast stage than, than just no one sound. And, and in, uh, in his uh, career, I know that he's done games uh, at Guelph. He's done games at Long, and then he's done games for uh, the Kitchener Rangers. So I, I think Mark's developed that reputation. So if I'm going to give any advice to, to somebody uh, in terms of being an OHL broadcaster, have fun and, and be fair. Now, the 2023-2024 season already underway in the Ontario Hockey League. Uh, Freddie, we talked about your retirement from from full-time radio work, but we know you're still around the rink. We know you're still following things. Uh, What have you liked from the Owen Sound attack so far this season? We'll get into some of the big changes that have happened last week here. But what have you liked from the team on the ice so far to begin this season? Well, I, I like that they're better than I would have projected. Uh, you know, some people had, I think they were, what, fourth in the OHL power ratings or, or you know, they were in the CHL top 10 at the start of the year. I didn't hold them in, in that high regard. So that that's what I like best is that they've, they've managed to do very well. They're 4-2-1 and one with five out of seven games on the road. So I think that that is impressive. And if, if they can hold serve on home ice and, and pick up wins here, there, and everywhere on the road, then they will, they will finish a lot higher than what they did am i ready to change my prediction i think i'm going to wait till december 1st to to say that last year the team was uh first on on december 1st in the division and by the end of the year they were really a non-factor so so what i've liked best is that uh they're certainly better or achieving better than i would have projected uh i think i like the goaltender carter george uh colby barlow is is a dominant player and i think uh when you look at the newcomers i think in jake crawford you have a very um uh, potential star player coming your way so those are three of the things that i've liked a lot of the listeners in the saint mary's area kind of their ears perked up when you said carter george of course the former lincoln uh he has really put on a show since joining owen sound last year for a stint and now uh really holding that crease in his own hands this year 
Yeah, and in Carter's case, he played 10 games last year for the attack. He won seven of them. If I'm not mistaken, one of the defeats was a, a 2 nothing game with an empty net goal against. So there really wasn't much that Carter could do about that. When we got to the playoffs, the Owen Sound attack were rooting for the St. Mary's Lincolns to get knocked out and knocked out as soon as possible because Owen Sound, and not just me, certainly not just the fan base, but the brass actually believed that their best chance to win a game against London would be with Carter in goal. Uh, this summer, he went off to one of those international exchanges, and I play uh, a bit of golf with the athletic therapist for the uh, for the attack, uh, Andy Brown. And uh, Carter didn't start in the first game of the uh, Holinka Gretzky Cup. And Andy Brown had told me on the golf course that if he does get in, you'll have a hard time getting him out. And I think that's uh, been a case right now uh, with Owen Sound. He's, he's played the bulk of the games, and uh, the team is doing well. So obviously the big splash kind of in the OHL world and in the Owen Sound uh, hockey community, certainly the attack firing uh, Greg Walters head coach this year, parting ways, I should say, uh, early on in the season, very early on. uh, What can we see about this? Obviously, general manager wanting to make a move and make it now as opposed to later. Yeah, it's um, the timing surprised me. And again, you've got four wins and an overtime loss in seven games, five of which have been on the road. So that that's pretty good. And I think that's, you know, in Greg, in Greg's credit, also in Greg's credit in a span of two full years and, and seven games, he's sixth all time in Owen sound coaching victories tied with Dave Cisleano. So I, I think that there were a number of factors involved here. Um, you know, uh, you can go back to last year. What I what I said, Noah, earlier, at last year on December the 1st, Owen Sound was in first place in the Midwest Division. And by the end of the year, granted two of the games in the playoffs with London went to overtime, but I, I thought that they were dreadful from February 1st onward. Uh, I Greg got the bulk of the blame for that from, from the rank and file. I didn't hold him uh, accountable highly for that. Uh, I don't think that Greg or um, Jordan Hill or Sean Teekle were teaching some of the guys to do some of the things that they were doing on the ice. So from that standpoint, I think Greg was a victim of a slide last year. I think Greg was also uh, there. There were little things that added up. If you have player unrest on your team, you also have parental unrest, you have agent unrest, you have upset billet families. And I think maybe that all combined to be hanging as a cloud over Greg Walters. And then if I understand the story correctly, there was a, a blow up in, in Sault Ste. Marie. Uh, and, you know, uh, what I'm hearing is I will go to the grave with, but I'm not going to to go into any detail on it here because people have, have trusted me with that. So I, I think there was the proverbial straw that broke the camel's back at Sault Ste. Marie. Uh, but there were a lot of things that added up and led to that. And do I think Greg Walters can coach? Yes, I yes I do. And I hope that he he has a, a great career in front of him. Uh, it, it's interesting, Noah, if you go back several years, Greg was highly thought of in the attack organization when he was with the Georgetown Raiders. Uh, I think he had Michael McNiven. Uh, he had a defenseman one time, Luke Beamish, and, and the attack were very pleased with the way those boys developed while playing in Georgetown under Greg. So I think Greg can coach, but I think there's some alterations to be made. Freddie Wallace joining me here on the Smitty and Mitty show. Uh, once again, Fred, thanks for hopping on. Uh, we're out yeah. of time for this week. Uh, congratulations on the retirement. Make sure you keep that uh, sleep in working for you. Maybe even try to reach 6 a.m. next time uh, <laughs> and, and enjoy the retirement. Well, thank you very much. And we'll be watching the baseball and listening to, to you and Tyler and your take on it. Thanks, Noah.
Even though I'd just gotten a new job that paid well, I still wanted to be prepared for the unexpected. My Sun Life advisor encouraged me to do three things, get health coverage, start paying back debt, and build a safety net. When I got my cancer diagnosis, my advisor had already helped me become debt-free with enough set aside for emergencies. When I took time off, I didn't worry about my finances so I could focus on getting better. Today, I'm in remission. Call Middleton Finner Financial Services with offices in King Carden and Port Elgin. Another curling season is upon us. Whether you're a beginner, a pro, or somewhere in between, having the proper equipment makes all the difference. Shoes, brooms, jackets, pants, gloves for men, women, and children. Whatever you're looking for, you'll find it at goldlinecurling.com. Goldline, the choice of champions. This is the Smitty and Mitty Show. Smitty and Mitty Show back here on the TSMS Radio Network and the Smitty and Mitty Show podcast. Noah Smith and Tyler Milton back in studio with me here for the third segment. Big thanks to uh, Freddie Wallace hopping on and joining me there for the second segment, getting to talk a little bit about uh, his, what I'm going to air quotes here, retirement for Freddie. So what did he say? Because obviously I, you weren't there. For I haven't it. heard yeah. it. I, I'm going to hear it when it goes out. What did he say about his retirement? Uh, so as you know, Freddie was the morning show host, one right. of the morning show hosts on 560 CFOS. With the great Paul Hill. With the great Paul Hill. And he is retiring from that. So from what I understand, he still might do some work with Bayshore Broadcasting. Mm-hmm. He just said the alarm clock is not going off in the morning anymore. Although he did say that he was still up at like 5.36 o'clock. So I guess when you're waking up that early for that long, it's just like engraved into you. know, you can't, old person thing You can't do. get rid of it. So I, I've, I've seen Freddie walk down by the water. Right, like he is going to be, he's still going to be at attack games. He's still going to be at a community event. That was my question. Is he still like he? He obviously hasn't done the travel with the team. No, I don't. I think he's done with that. Matt's taking over for the play-by-play for the attack. So I think Freddie's done with that aspect of it. But I think he'll still be there. Right, he's still he's still reading off all his stats to me on guys and stuff. That's not going to go away. No, well, that's just Freddie. That's yeah, that's just Freddie exactly. But the did he mention anything about the strangeness that's happened over the past week in Old Town? The strange when, when it comes to the team. Oh, uh, we talked a little bit about the coaching. Okay. Right. How much? Because uh, I, I have four, weird theories. Four, four, I, four or five minutes at the back end. I have yeah. a strange inkling that he didn't talk much about it because, I mean, those are guys that he talks to every day, and I'm yeah. sure he doesn't. Oh, so we're just going to talk about it here? So I, I have theories. Okay. But I don't know what his theories were if he said any. It, there wasn't really any theories. He said that. And it was made note in the uh, in the newspaper, the Owen Sound Sun-Times, I think, said it, um, that it was basically they made a plan in the offseason, and that plan was not being followed. So instead of waiting to see if things would change, Daily Gray just decided to make the move. Hmm. Make the move now. So. Interesting. Because there was that weird situation where, where an attack player um, was suspended without reasoning earlier by the OHL. I think it was like six games, too. It was a decent suspension for undisclosed reasons um and it, 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 you can't help but to think what was happening there um and on top of that i th- i think it might have something to do with the goaltender of you know last time i was in this uh, in this room um i think that carter george the plan was not to go to him very often this was you know to have the older goaltender show him the way and at least maybe showcase in a, in, in a way that you can get something for him in, in a trade maybe well and i think once again when we talked to freddie that's kind of what he was not necessarily that in particular but was leaning towards 
we as an ownership group, as a front office, decided that this is how I think about it. I look I looked at it like Moneyball, right? This is the team we've assembled. This is how we want it to be played. And we need you to play it like that for us to have the most success on ice. But right? the, I don't think yeah. that was mm-hmm. getting done in their eyes, just from my, just from what I'm seeing. Seems a bit strange to me. A couple things. One, they hired a coach in the offseason as an assistant coach that had yep. a lot of head coaching experience. And we talked about that as well. We right? talked about so that as well. That, that was a weird, where it was kind of like your foot's already won. You're already one foot out the door, you know, where we have your backup. Well, and that's what Freddie said. He said it was a weird move for the attack because usually the attack or an organization that hire younger assistant coaches, guys that are just trying to, you know, get their foot in the door of the coaching world, get their start in the OHL. And this was a little bit of a different move. Someone that's got experience, NHL experience, Mm -hmm. right? And then coming in here. Right. Yeah. You know what's behind you. It's all very strange because a 4-2-1 start when he... Right when yeah, when, it's a good start. Fired. That's not that's not typically a what, record like that gets five, you fired. Five of those were on the road, maybe. Mm-hmm. Like it was a it was a pretty decent start for what you can ask for. Mm-hmm. And that, right? that, like that the was without already, Colby Barlow for three games right? too. Yeah, right? the attack had already been on a trip up north, right? Like some tough games and with a four two and one record. Right. I, I I don't know. All interesting. Now let's uh, let's switch gears a bit here because there's some things we wanted to talk about. They were yes. I want to talk about Caleb Williams. Can we do that? Yes, we can do that. Do you know who he is? Yes, USC quarterback right. Caleb Williams, Heisman winner, mm-hmm. and uh, some weird future, news. Future future, first, future at, first overall pick, more than likely. Yeah, unless like his career goes down the drain, he'll be the first overall. He, he's pick. being touted as this, you know, next big quarterback in the yeah. NFL, right? The the next Patrick Mahomes. The, there's been a lot of comparisons between Patrick Mahomes' play and himself. And the story that actually, it kind of resurfaced this week because there, there's always been a lot of smoke about coming from his dad. I'd, like, not a lot of this came from him, but coming from his dad at one point saying, we don't want to go, we, as if, like, they're both going, don't want to go to a team that's going to be bad, which is kind of how that works, right? Well, he had said, knowing very well that he's a good shot, if not the shot to go first overall, I think he said at the start of the year something about how I might go back to college if Arizona right. gets the first overall pick, right. which, like, bold thing to say right at the start of the year, right? Like, you're just assuming Arizona's going to be bad again? Okay. It's mm-hmm. one thing to say. But another thing to say, yeah, I might go back to college if I don't get to go where I want to go. And then it, it kind of resurfaced with an old story that earlier this week about how um, he was potentially wanting a a piece of the NA, or the NFL team. Which yeah. is completely Ownership's against fake. the rules. Yeah. Like, you can't do that. That's circumventing the, the cap. Like, you, you just can't do that. You can't be like, oh, we're going to give you a part of this team, but we're only going to pay you a million dollars a year, so now our cap hits nothing. You just can't do that. Where I wanted to go with it is how much... We, we've been critical of the NIL, the name, image, and likeness, here on this Smitty and Mitty show in in the Elderton Studios. And does this does it just reek... Of like this is what NIL is going to do. This this is the start yeah. of what's going to happen for multi years to come. I think you're going to create. Uh, we've been critical of it. I think it needed to happen. I just wonder if it's. It needs no, to be not, tweaked, right? Like it if be. it's not being done right, because he's not wrong by saying that he can make more money for sure in college football than he will in the NFL playing for a bad team. If yeah. he if he goes to play for the Bears, which I think the Bears currently who would probably get him. 
I think they actually have a good roster yeah, they, for him. And, they have a lot of wide receivers. And that, by all means, like the Bears are on a little bit of an upswing. Right. right? I, I, I do think that that would be a good place for him. But he's not going to make nearly the amount of money that he would in college. And he's probably going to have a losing record and start his year off on a down. Like the one magic thing about Patrick Mahomes was he came in as a later first round pick that he went to a good team, a team that was already ready to win almost. And he was just that extra piece. That's not going to be what Caleb Williams is. So how do they fix this? How can you make it so there is an incentive for these players to get into the NFL? Because right now there isn't. Uh, is there a way that you can like, like cap the NIL, right? Like cap earnings. Well, what do you put it at? Because the cap for a USC or for an LSU or for, you know, a Michigan, that cap or Alabama, Georgia, you know, these big teams, that cap is going to be a lot higher than, than a cap that it's going to be for a Colorado for, for Dion in Colorado. It's, it's just a cap though, right? Like you make sure that there's no incentive, right? You want to push people essentially. So what's the, what's the NFL rookie? It's something like 700 K something yeah. like that. Let's just say it is. I don't, yeah, on, I don't know. On the books. Exactly. On the books. I don't know what it is exactly. Somewhere around there. You would have to cap it below that. If yeah. if you reasonably want to make these guys in the incentive for them to go to the NFL, you got signing bonuses, you got um a lot of these guys are making more money with with endorsements anyways, right? Yeah. So like you have other things that come with the NFL, but you're gonna have to make sure it's around that number that it's not because right now it's like I either go to the NFL and make the 700 or whatever, plus whatever my endorsements are, or I stay here and make the $26 million I'm making now. That seems like a pretty easy, you know, decision for me. Yeah, so that's what I mean with a cap, right? Like, even if you cap it at a million, two million, whatever it is. You know what I mean? Like, there is so many college athletes now that are millionaires, right? With this but new for, NIL. Even at two million, this is my problem. Even at two million, let's say it's two million. I think that's like... That's something around, I think, what what Archie Manning's making. Like, that's kind of where I think your decent to mid-pack quarterbacks are. I don't... Like, those guys aren't going to go to the... Like, I don't know. Because that's still way more money than, than they're going to make in the NFL for the first year. Right, so we, why, why not even... Like, are you just going to see the years get pushed back? The guys aren't going to declare for the NHL or the NFL draft yeah. in the first year they're and, and to be honest with you, is there a problem with that? Right? If these guys want to spend their three... Four years in college, let them. So then, at that point, does the NFL need to fix? You know, right? five maybe the, years maybe, before you're a free agent. Well, maybe the NFL needs to fix, uh, you know, rookie deals, right? Maybe they need to have a thing in place where I can pay guys more, right? If I have, let's say, it's one guy per team, like one first year guy per team, that I can pay above the minimum, right? Put something like that in place so that it's now possible to make that happen. I don't know if NFL teams would would even care because, I mean, the magic of the rookie quarterback, con like Brock Purdy right now is making under a million dollars to be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And that is really helping out the 49ers because then they can go out and spend that money on a bunch of other players that are helping out their offense and defensive side. Right? If you're that good, you're going to make the money, whether it's your contract Maybe. with the it's team. it's the NFL, man. Like it, it, it's a sport where tomorrow you could get your head taken clean off and you could never touch the football field again. Like the, it's a sport where a guy died last year on the field. Like that happens. Yeah. But you're still like, it happens re like reasonably often. There's been injuries this year. Nick Chubb. Like, I don't know if Nick Chubb is ever going to play again with what happened with his, with his knee blowing. They up all know time. that man. They take that risk. So with that risk should come some kind of financial support because I mean, 
let's say that happens when you're 25. Or let's say you play in the league for six years. You're still not 30. And then you have that kind of injury. Even if you've made, you know, let's say... If you make the league minimum in five years in the league, you should be able to live the rest of your life off that money as long as you're not an idiot. So six million... Let's let's just say you made a million dollars per year to do that, right? And that's if you play six years, which I think is way over what the the NFL um, average... Uh, career is yeah. right so let's say let's say even say you made a million dollars for six years six million dollars at the time you're 28 to get to retirement you're not getting there that's yeah you can you're not getting there sure you can that's not that much money to go you know what 60 more years of your life and that's on the low end yeah but if you're a big earner then that's fine make you can make money off the field you, you'd have to endorsements whatever it takes well, you're not going to get endorsements more than likely, but I mean, investments or use that money to, to buy, you know, I don't know, car wash. Buy some real estate, matter. man. Right. Right. I mean, apartment building owner. So sure. There are other ways fine. that you can invest your money. That's like what that. I mean. Like some of these guys, they don't have uh, more than three brain cells to rub together. Right. Like, let's figure it out. All right. You got enough money there. You got enough money. If you told me for the next five years and I can make $6 million, but then I'd lose my two legs. Done. Sign me up. Sign me both up. your legs for yeah. six million. Yeah. Wow. I'm gonna just Lieutenant Dan through life, man. <laughs> we'll be fine, right? Life is good. Buy a shrimp boat. Right? I'll go shrimping. Me, me, and you. You could be. You could be gum. <laughs> Why do I have to be Forrest Gump? I'm already Lieutenant Dan. I lost my legs. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be Forrest Gump. I don't run. So? Runner. Well, I can't. I have no legs. <laughs> All right. Got a couple minutes left here. <laughs> okay. Can we stay on track, or are we like we full? We're off talking about now. Connor Bedard. Okay, why? What about in his debut? Well, Did I just, miss something? What do you mean you missed something? It was one of like the, the most heavily covered debuts since probably yeah. Sid, right? Or, or McDavid probably. Yeah, but nothing really. Like, I don't even remember scored. the McDavid. I honestly don't remember the McDavid years of of him coming into the league. If it was that big of a deal, this seems like something different. It was. You know what? I saw a stat the other day about how McDavid has just been like. You don't realize how good he's been, but like he's just winning. Heart trophy after heart trophy. He's good. He's insane. But this seems different, does it not? This seems like it's a new type of star that's making the league here. This this seems like they're pushing him to an nth degree. This guy's 18. Yeah, but they're going to push him, right? And maybe we are wrong. Maybe maybe social media was just that much different back then that they couldn't, they weren't able to push Connor McDavid as much as they're pushing Connor Bedard. Well, I mean, Connor McDavid kind of went to a, a, a tough place for the NHL because they went to a place where you're getting the late games, right? And that's always oh, yeah. tough. It's always tough to try and sell a star when he's in Edmonton versus when he's in Chicago. Chicago, which is, big city, yeah. pretty much prime the, time zone, right? One of the Central biggest time zone. Hockey, hockey franchises um, in the world. So Right. They start their games there at like 8 o'clock and it's 7 o'clock here. Now, did you see what Taylor Hall had to say about it? No, I didn't. So Taylor Hall basically said that the PR department needed to step in and that it was becoming too much for him and i I thought it was interesting on a on a couple levels one he was doing interviews almost every like period in between almost every period he was with some kind of right yeah um i thought that was interesting that it was actually a fairly good point that this kid is young and he's taking it in stride he's taking it they paraded him to start the year you know he's going to play sid then he's off to boston then he's going to toronto he's going to montreal like they put him in the biggest places to start the year. They're showcasing him before he even gets to step on home ice. 
So I thought that was interesting. And I also thought it was interesting that it shows what the Chicago Blackhawks were planning on doing this year with him. They surrounded him with veterans who knew mm-hmm. how to play hockey. There, there was an interesting story. Well, in yeah, the, like, put me under your wing type right, thing. Exactly. I got you. There was an interesting story. I, I forget who told who, who said it, so I apologize. Um, but said that Bedard was on the ice, you know, shooting pucks after pre- or after after practice and and blah 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 or after pregame skate, and Taylor Hall came out and and yelled at him and said, "Hey, get off the ice. We want to go to the hotel." And I thought it was interesting because this guy is trying to you know he's trying to get mm-hmm. better. He he thinks practices, but it 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 it, it took a veteran to step up and be like, look, there's other guys here waiting for you. Yeah. So let's go, go shower. We need to get food. We need to get naps. We got to play a game. Right. That's so funny. it just, it seems like that's Chicago has done a good job as well. And I don't want to praise an organization that, you know, got a $2 million yeah, fine for doing some bad yeah, things, some scandals, but they seem to have done a good job by putting these veterans around him to help him grow as a hockey player yeah. right away where he needed yeah, to. We're happy to have you here. We love having your talent. You're going to go far. But this is how things are done, mm-hmm. right? Like, this is how things are done in the NHL. It kind of it just reminds you of we're t- dads and we want to get home. I would not be surprised if this Chicago Blackhawks team is better than we thought, and that if this year helps Bedard in a big way, if he's gonna mature very fast in front of our eyes. All right, we got to wrap up the show here. Uh, we will go to break, wrap things up on the other th- side. Thank our sponsors. You're listening to the Smitty and Mitty Show here across the TSMS Radio Network. Another curling season is upon us. Whether you're a beginner, a pro, or somewhere in between, having the proper equipment makes all the difference. Shoes, brooms, jackets, pants, gloves for men, women, and children. Whatever you're looking for, you'll find it at goldlinecurling.com. Goldline, the choice of champions. Even though I'd just gotten a new job that paid well, I still wanted to be prepared for the unexpected. My Sun Life advisor encouraged me to do three things. Get health coverage, start paying back debt, and build a safety net. When I got my cancer diagnosis, my advisor had already helped me become debt-free with enough set aside for emergencies. When I took time off, I didn't worry about my finances so I could focus on getting better. Today, I'm in remission. Call Middleton Finner Financial Services with offices in King Carden and Port Elgin. Now back to the Smitty and Mitty Show. Welcome back to the Smitty and Mitty Show here on the TSMS Radio Network and the Smitty and Mitty Show podcast. We are wrapping things up for another week here of sports content. Uh, Lots of great content on the show this week. Talk to Freddie Wallace. A big thank you to him. And a big congratulations goes out to Freddie uh, on his retirement uh, a couple of months ago from 560 CFOS and Owen Sound. Big thank you goes out to our sponsors, Goldline Curling, the choice of champions, and Dave Middleton at Sun Life Financial and King Carden. Life is brighter under the sun. Both of those sponsors making this show possible every single week. Noah Smith and Tyler Middleton will be back next week to bring you more mediocre sports talk here across our network of stations and, of course, on Rogers TV in London and Owen Sound. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week here on the show.